0: You can go ahead and be uh, opening your Bibles, if you want to, to Joel 2, we're just going to use that as kind of a launching pad, but we're going to focus most of our time in Matthew chapter 4, first part of Matthew chapter 4. Joel 2 is just going to introduce that uh, in just a moment as we, uh, uh, this is the the last day uh, of 2023, and although there is uh, benefit in looking back, there's benefit in uh, matter of fact, uh, we're commanded in God's Word not to forget His benefits, not to forget His blessings. And it's always good to look back at how God has blessed us. It's also good to look back uh, at the things that we've been through in life and what God has taught us and what we have learned. It's also good to look back at the things that we need to be set free from and cleansed from and bring those before the Lord uh, as well. Uh, but this is not the day that we need, really need to look back as much as it is we need to look forward. All those things that I was just talking about prepare us for what's ahead. And there is a promised land ahead. There is a work of God ahead. Uh, there is a, a blessing ahead of us uh, as well. But we need to be ready for that. Uh, and so in light of that, uh, this January, which starts tomorrow, uh, we are... Uh, calling upon the church, asking you to join us in in some way over the next month, the month of January, in a time of fasting and prayer uh, for church revival, for personal revival, for other needs that you may have uh, in your life. Uh, Matter of fact, in the foyer there at the welcome desk and back toward the welcome center, going back toward the the children's building and Sunday school classes back there, there are a few items there to help you uh, with this. Uh, first of all, there is this brochure. Now we had the same brochure last year uh, when we went through a time of fasting and prayer in January of last year. Uh, it is a, a pamphlet that's done by Bill Elliff uh, that is, talks about the power and joy of biblical fasting. It's just kind of a kind of a how-to guide. If you've never been through a fast, I encourage you to get one of these. And it explains some of the how-tos as far as a fast is concerned, some of the medical things that you need to be aware of and things you may need to address with your doctor uh, before you go uh, headlong into this, different ways that you can fast, and some of the benefits uh, of that. And so that's in this uh, brochure that is available uh, for you, like I said, uh, on the welcome desk in the foyer, also on the welcome desk back toward the, the welcome center there. Also, uh, there is a devotional guide uh, for the month of January, January the 1st through January uh, the 31st. And each day has a scripture focus uh, as well as a few devotional thoughts uh, uh, based on that scripture and a prayer focus for that day. And so if you're going through the fast with us, I encourage you to pick up one of these. Uh, Brother Matt and Brother Trey and uh, Brother Larry uh, helped me write some of these devotions. I wrote some of them myself, uh, so they're all fresh devotions that God has given us over the last month or so uh, to, to give to the church, to lead us through this time uh, of prayer and fasting. It's not really any long scriptures or anything like that, so if you have another Bible reading plan, uh, you can do both of those uh, during this time, uh, but you need to pick up one of those as well. And then we also, uh, which this is not necessarily... Uh, Goes along with the fasting, but it does go along with the prayer and God's word. But if you want to read through the Bible in 2024, there is a guide uh, that is available for you to do that. Uh, Starts tomorrow, uh, has an Old Testament passage. A New Testament passage and a passage from some of the wisdom literature starts off in Proverbs and then goes through Psalms and, and different things like that each day for you to read if you would like one of those as well. So those those are available and and, and we are encouraging you to take part in this. And, uh, and so uh, today I want us to focus more on the why of fasting. And in Joel 2.15, We read these words where he says, blow the trumpet in Zion. That's talking about Israel. Joel was a prophet to the the nation of Judah, primarily there. As he says, consecrate a fast and call a sacred assembly. Consecrate a fast. Uh, Or other words, the way some translations have it, they say sanctify a fast. That's what the word consecrate means. It means to, to sanctify, to sanctify a fast. When we talk about fasting, most people uh, immediately you go to the idea of just not eating, uh, and, and that can be a way that you fast, and, but that's, sometimes that's all we think of. Fasting is much more than just going without food. It is much more than that. Uh, Matter of fact, if you just uh, uh, go without food and don't combine that with a time of prayer and in God's word and seeking God, then you're just going hungry. Uh, That's what uh, Marlene Blue had uh, shared with me last year when we were going through this as well. And so if you want to just be hungry, you can just be hungry. But fasting can be part of it, uh, but that's not the only part of it. What is uh, fasting? Well, fasting. Uh, is, uh, here's a definition from Wesley Duell. It says, fasting in the biblical sense is choosing not to partake of food because your spiritual hunger is so deep. Your determination in intercession or in prayer is so intense or your spiritual warfare is so demanding that you've temporarily set aside even fleshly needs to give yourself to prayer and meditation. And by meditation, we mean fellowship with God in His Word. That's what we mean by that. That is an overall definition of what fasting is. And that's what we're asking you to join with us in doing throughout the month of January. And and, and maybe even uh, throughout the year in in different times and different seasons there to, to, to do this. It's a time... Uh, to set apart, he says, consecrate a fast, sanctify a fast. That, that word consecrate or sanctify, it means to set apart, and that's what we're doing. We're setting apart time to meet with God and escaping the meals uh, in, in some instances and uh, in doing that, de- declining other fleshly desires. So there is that, that set apart that we're setting ourselves apart from sin, <coughs> We're setting ourselves apart from fleshly desires and wants. We're setting apart even the, uh, the, the fleshly desire for food. We're setting ourselves apart from those things. But that's not all that sanctify is. a setting apart from, but it is a setting apart to. We're setting ourselves apart to God. We're meeting with God. We're drawing closer to God. We're drawing near to God, and he will draw near to us. That's what we mean by sanctify a fast. Set apart a time to set yourself apart to be with God. It's a time to give God what he deserves. I think every one of us, if we were honest, would say, we don't always give God what he deserves. Matter of fact, far too often we don't give God what he deserves what does he deserve he deserves everything and that's what a time of fasting is it's giving him every minute every second it's giving him our whole heart it's giving him our complete focus It's giving him total obedience so we're setting apart ourselves from the things that that pull us away from God (coughs) in uh in Joel's day the children of uh the of Israel the the nation of Judah They had been going after idols. And so when he said sanctify a fast, he was calling upon them not only to go without food, but to repent of their sins and to set themselves apart to only God, not to the idols of the people around them and that they had been going after as well. Sanctify a fast. And when we sanctify a fast, that's a time when God begins to work. Now, there is... Oftentimes people talk about one of the benefits of, of fasting is the discipline that you build up. That's not really a good purpose for fasting because fasting is not as much building up discipline within us as it is getting rid of the things that are within us. We're not trying to make ourselves stronger. We're making ourselves more dependent upon God, weaker, and letting Him become the stronger one in our lives that's what we mean by sanctifying the fast. Yes, there is a choice that we must make. There is a response that we must give in our fasting. But God is the one that does the work. We pray, we repent, God purifies. We draw near, God draws near to us. We ask, God answers. God is the one that does the work. And so having said that, let's look in Matthew chapter 4 at this uh, biblical example of fasting that is given here. And as we look at this biblical example of fasting, it is found in the example of the Lord Jesus himself. Now understand this, Jesus is a great example to us, but he is more than an example. He's more than, he didn't come just to be an example. He came to pay the price for our sins. And in doing so, he did set an example, but not an example of what we could do or what we could be, but an example of what he will do and he will be when we surrender to him, when we let him do the work in our lives. So Matthew chapter 4, beginning in verse 1, and this is right after uh, Jesus was baptized by John in the Jordan, it says this, then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. In verse 2 it says, and when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. You think? (laughs) 40 days, 40 nights without food. Now, when the tempter came to him, he said, if you are the son of God, command that these stones become bread. Now, that's a temptation when you've gone without food for 40 days. But he, Jesus, answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That ought to be your theme for this fast. That ought to be your theme verse. Put that verse to memory and every day, Apply it to your life. Verse 5 says, Then the devil took him up into the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. That's from Psalm 91 that he's kind of quoting from. Verse 7 says, Jesus said to him, It is written again, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to them, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Now, let me clarify something right there that that a lot of people get wrong about this. He is offering him the kingdoms of this world, but they are not his to give. Some people want to say, see, that means that the devil's in control of this world. No, he's not. He's a liar. And just because he offered it to Jesus doesn't mean that he's speaking the truth. Matter of fact, I don't know if the devil's ever spoke the truth. He's lying. And Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. Then the devil left him and behold, angels came and ministered to him. What is Jesus doing? For 40 days he sanctified a fast. He consecrated a fast. For 40 days he set himself apart. And that's what God is, is calling on us to do: to set ourselves apart at the beginning of 2024 for whatever it is God wants to do in us and through us. First of all, here there was a setting apart from the flesh. Now, now Jesus did not have a sinful flesh, a sinful uh, nature within him, and doing this, and he and he didn't sin in that. But he still had hunger; he still had physical desires that were were there, and and, and so that's what is is going on here. But for us, we need to set ourselves off completely from the flesh. That's what fasting is for us. It is a separating. It is a a sanctifying and setting ourselves apart. From the flesh, and when we're talking about the flesh, we're talking about me. We're talking about who we are, that that God has not called us to live a, a life and to become a better me. He has called for us to die to me and let the Spirit of God take over our lives, that Jesus might be glorified. And that's what fasting is. Fasting is learning how to deny the flesh, how to die to the flesh. You see, fasting, first of all, is physical. There in in verse 2, he says, And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights afterward, he was hungry. There was a physical desire for food that Jesus went without. There was no food that he had for for 40 days. Now, fasting for us for the 31 days, it can be that. But fasting is not just going without food. It's it's more to it than that. We needed to know deny ourselves from anything that might be controlling us, anything that might be dominating our lives. We need to deny, deny all these things that our, our flesh desires. And, and as he's doing this, he's setting the example that with his strength and his power, we can do this. That's what the time of fasting is about. Is You, you deny yourselves a meal and you say, wait a minute. God's given me the strength. God is with me and will give me the strength that I can deny these other desires as well. That's what he's doing. Fasting is is physical. Fasting involves doing away with the non-essential and focusing on what is essential. It's a physical denial. It is a fleshly denial. That's what this first temptation, when when uh, Satan came to Jesus and asked him to turn those stones into bread, that's what was, was going on. And what did Jesus say? He said, "Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God." What did he say? Well, food do you say? Well, food is essential. It is essential, but it's not near as essential as we act like it is. Matter of fact, knowing Jesus is far more essential than bread and food. It is the most essential thing in our lives is knowing him and having a relationship with him. Now, let me just say in that brochure, there are, he mentions a lot of different types of fast. Let me just mention a few things. And I encourage you in some way, do some type of fast uh, for food. You can do a a total fast where all you drink is, is water. Most of the time when I I do what I call a a total fast. I'll just do water and juices, and and, uh, the juices help keep my blood sugar where it needs to be. And if I start getting a little weak or a little lightheaded, I'll drink a a glass of grape juice or something like that that'll... That'll help me uh, in doing that, or maybe some Gatorade or something like that. And so, just kind of a, a liquid type diet. That's, you can do that uh, uh, and, and doing that. Some will do a diet where they only eat, eat vegetables and fruit during that time. It's the only thing that they eat. And so, they deny themselves the other things and, and, and stuff. Some will do a, a partial diet where instead of doing that for every meal, they'll maybe skip one meal a day and doing that, or, or uh, maybe do a few days uh, without food and then have a day. Of food and then do a few more days without. There's a lot of different ways that, that you can, can do that as far as food is concerned, but it's not just doing without that. There is that physical uh, abstaining from things, but there's, there's setting aside that time to be with the Lord, setting aside those things to be with the Lord. If you do something with food and, and your stomach begins gnawing, let every hunger pang be a reminder to pray, a reminder to seek God. A reminder that, that God is calling you to set this time aside because he's wanting to do something in your life. And so you seek him in the midst of it. I encourage whatever you do with the food fast to do a media fast. To set aside, to turn off social media. To delete those apps off of your phone so you won't be distracted by them. To, to go without watching the binge watching and things and watching movies and stuff like that on TV and whatever time you usually spend doing that, spend that time in the Word, spend that time in prayer, spend that time reading and, 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 and seeking God and, and following after Him. Anything that is dominating your life, anything that, uh, whether it be a sinful thing or just a physical thing, do away with those things. It's a physical, fasting is physical. But fasting is not only physical. Fasting is also spiritual. And that is the primary reason for fasting. Notice what he says here in verse 1, where it says, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Notice Spirit is capitalized there because he's talking about the Holy Spirit of God. He was led by the Holy Spirit to spend 40 days in fasting. He was led by the Spirit to do that. And so... He was was led by the Spirit in in doing these things and doing the the things that the Holy Spirit wanted him to do. The Holy Spirit is the one that tells us when to fast. The Holy Spirit is the one that tells us how to fast. The the Holy Spirit is the one that tells us why we ought to fast, what we ought to be seeking uh, and doing that. And so we fast through the Holy Spirit is the one that, that leads us. The Holy Spirit is the one that draws us to fasting, and the Holy Spirit is the one that leads us through the fasting. Fasting is a time to be led by the Holy Spirit. Fasting is a time to enter into the filling of the Holy Spirit. Rather than being filled with food, be filled with the Spirit. Ephesians 5.18 tells us to not be drunk with wine wherein is excess, but to be filled with the Holy Spirit of God ask him to fill you. And I tell you, a heart that is filled with the Holy Spirit looks like a heart that is desperate for God, looks like a heart that is filled with a real experience of the love of God. It's a heart that has been purified by the Spirit of God. It's a life that, a heart that is totally yielded to God. And so when we do that, we begin to experience the power and the presence of the Spirit in our life. And he begins to produce his fruit in our lives, not the fruit that we eat to nourish our bodies but the fruit that is produced in our lives that that minister to the souls of those around us fasting is spiritual fasting is also purposeful when it's done right notice it says then jesus was led up by the spirit of the wilderness to be tempted by the devil to be tested now understand what he's saying here when he says to be tempted he's not saying to see if jesus would fail but it's to show the world that Jesus will succeed. He didn't go to be tempted because he would fail. He went to be tempted to show us and everyone that reads the word of God that he has the victory over the devil. And it is only found in Jesus Christ. There was a purpose in this. When Jesus knew the devil was coming, The Holy Spirit led him into a time of fasting and prayer. And I don't know if you realize it, but the devil's coming. He's already here. He's already working. But things are getting more intense. Have you noticed what's going on in the world around us? It's like the, the devil is like that that snake that's had its head cut off that's thrashing around and, and 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 just doing everything he can to upset this world. It's almost like Jesus is fixing to come back. What better thing to be doing when Jesus comes back than fasting and seeking his face? Fasting is purposeful. Why why should we fast? When well, we need to repent. We should fast. When we have strong needs for prayer in our life, in our family's life, in our church and community's life, we ought to fast and pray. When we need victory over things that have been bringing us down in our lives, we ought to fast and pray. When we need to hear a clear word from God and and tune our hearts to his voice, we ought to fast and pray. When we we need to find the will of God for our lives, we've got decisions that need to be made, and we want to honor God in those decisions, we ought to fast and pray. When we want to draw near to God, we ought to fast and pray, and he will draw near to us. So let me ask you, why is God calling you to fast? Why is God calling you to fast? If he is calling you, then it's because he wants to do something in your life. It's not just about going without food. It's definitely not about losing weight. It is about God calling you to a place where he wants to do something fresh and new in your life. Do you want that? Then respond to his call. But fasting is not only a time to set ourselves apart from the flesh, but it's a time that we set ourselves apart to the Lord. We fast on the Word, but we still feast when we fast. We fast from the flesh, I meant that's what I meant to say. We fast from the flesh, but we feast on the Lord, and we feast on His Word. That's what Jesus is doing here when temptation comes. You know what? I don't think that Jesus, just in his omnipotence, answered these, these things uh, with the scripture, these temptations that, that Satan came. I think the reason they were, uh, he answered just immediately with scripture is because it was fresh on his heart, because he'd been spending 40 days fasting and praying and meditating upon the word of God. And so he knew exactly how to answer the enemy when he came. We need to set ourselves apart to the Lord. We need to be feasting on the word. We need to be feasting on our relationship with Christ and and drawing into deeper fellowship with him. That's what fasting is about. Notice Jesus here. Jesus, first of all, he, he knew the word of God. He spent time in the word of God. Each time he answers, it is written, it is written, it is written. And so we need to spend time in the Word that we'll be ready to respond when the tempter comes knocking on our door. We need to be reading the Word of God. That's why we have this engaged Bible reading plan. And it's not so important that you read through every verse in Scripture, but you need to be reading Scripture every day. And not just reading it, but but engaging yourself in it, studying it, memorizing it, meditating upon it. That's why we have these devotional guides every day is to get you in the word of God every day. Whether you do that or you do the engaged Bible reading plan or you have your own plan that you're working through, spend time in the word of God. Fasting is a time to grow in your relationship with God and you cannot do that apart from the word of God. The reason Jesus was able to quote the word of God every time temptation, every time the devil tempted him is because that word of God was in his heart. He knew the word. He even knew when Satan misquoted the word. He knew the word. Jesus not only knew the word, but Jesus also believed the word. He believed it. Each time it says there in in verse 4, Uh, It says, but he answered and said, it is written. In verse 7, it says, Jesus said to him, it is written again. In verse 10, Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it is written. Now, that's the way we have it translated in English here. It is written. But literally what he was saying is, it stands written. Not only the word of God says this, but the word of God is speaking the truth on this. I believe it, is what he's saying. He's saying, it stands. This is is the truth. Not only is this the the truth of the the Word of God, but the, the source of the Word of God. The Father has given us this to live by, to follow, and I believe it. I believe it. Fasting will increase your faith, it'll increase your faith. Because the more you get to know him, the more you will learn to trust him. You know, I've heard many preachers, I was reading uh, last week um, a book by Ronnie Floyd on fasting and he mentioned this as well, that, you know, we talk about what we believe and stuff, but really we only believe what we practice. We only believe what we practice. And here's Jesus believing And showing it by practicing it, living it out. Which leads us to the third point, Jesus lived the Word. For 40 days, he obeyed the Word. And he did it for 41 days and 42 days and 43 days on throughout his life. But That's what he's doing for these 40 days. He is living out the Word of God. He is obeying the Word of God. When he said there in verse 4, when he responded to the temptation to turn the stones into bread, he said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. He was living that verse out. That's that's why he'd gone without bread for 40 days and stuff because the bread, what was more important to him was his time with the Father, was the direction of the Father, was the power of the Holy Spirit in his life. That was what was most important. He was not living by bread alone. It wasn't just that he knew what the verse said. He was living out the Word of God. Not only that, but in verse 7, when he was tempted to, Uh, to go and to to throw himself off the temple. What did he say? He said, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. That wasn't just a a verse that he had memorized. That was a verse that he was living out. He never did tempt God. He never did it before or after as well. He obeyed the word of God. He lived the the word out. And then in verse 10, When Satan came and told him he was going to give him all these kingdoms if he would fall down and worship, what did he say? He said, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. That was the life of Jesus. His life was surrendered to the Father and everything he did was what the Father told him to do. He was living it out. This time of fasting and prayer will help us to learn how to live out the word of God. Fasting is a time to do what the word says. It is a time for application. And that's what we need next year. What Jesus is looking for in 2024 is what he looked for in 2023 and 2022 and 2021. Yes, even in 2020. He's looking for those who will just wholeheartedly obey him. Fasting will help us to do that. Fasting and prayer and meeting with God In His Word. You know, in Matthew chapter 17, it's where the disciples were trying to cast out these demons and they couldn't do it and Jesus came and did it. And they said, why couldn't we? And then what did He say? He said, some things these things, some things only happen through fasting and prayer. There's some things, some victories that will never be won until we spend time in fasting and prayer. There's some directions that we'll never receive until we sacrifice and spend time with God. Fasting and prayer. There's a deeper wall that you will never experience until you spend time with God in fasting and prayer. God's calling us to something great. How will you respond?